Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Hello and welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. And how many of you have been enjoying the Olympics? I was watching something the other day and it was saying that these are the lowest television ratings for the Olympics in the last, I think it was something like 30 years. Some like astronomical number. And, and I wonder if, if part of it is because we're not actually in 2020, if part of it is because we're actually in 2021, if part of it is because of the COVID restrictions that are actually happening in Tokyo, and who knows, maybe it is a conglomeration. Is that the right word? It's a mixture. <laughs> maybe it's just a mixture of all of the above, where just certain things just happen to fall into place to cause it to be a challenge. And I was really excited because I got to watch one of my favorite sports. And I know it's, it's off the beaten path, but it's handball. If you, ever know, if you, if you have never watched handball, it is a combination of field hockey without the stick, polo, but on a basketball court, soccer, but using your hands. So it's interesting how all of this comes together to create this sport. And I, and I really enjoy it. I mean, you hardly ever see it on, but whenever it is on, I love to sit back and just kind of watch it and, and take it in. That would be the one sport because there's certain things when I watch the Olympics and I think, never be me. Track and field, never be me. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Swimming, definitely never be me. Gymnastics, another one, never be me. I mean, have you seen those guys? Those guys are ripped. <laughs> I'm lucky to be able to even just do one pull-up. <laughs> so, so, so that's not going to happen. But handball? Handball looks like a sport that I could become a part of and that I could play. Running up and down, passing the ball, throwing it into the goal. I think I could play that one. So maybe that's the reason why it appeals to me. And the other thing, I think speaking of gymnastics, I think many of us are aware of the Simone Biles controversy right now, which I don't know how much of a controversy it is, but, but she went to do a vault and when she finished her vault, she just felt like, man, mentally, I'm not there. And I don't want to risk hurting the team. So I'm going to I'm gonna bow out and let the team run with it. I know that they could do it because I don't want my failures to be what cost the team an opportunity for a medal. And in some ways, she was right. I think when she took her vault, uh, she had several tents that were deducted from her vault. And if you go back and if she hits that vault, maybe the Americans win the gold. I mean, there's a possibility of that. So she knew that there's a real chance that I could cost my team a medal. So I, I trust them, I see their skills, I see their ability, so I'm gonna let them go for it. And it's been interesting. I, I've, I've seen the judgment. I, I've seen it of her and, and her decision. But it's one of those things that's, that she may have been in a catch-22. Like if she makes this decision to not do it so that her team could get the get a medal 
then she's looked at as a quitter. She's looked at, she's looked at as someone who is not mentally tough, although she's shown her mental toughness throughout her career, but she's looked at that way. Or let's say that she sticks with it and she fights it through and she does everything that she can, she can do, but she knows that she's off her game and she keeps making mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. And it costs the team even a bronze medal. Like it cost the team the opportunity to be able to medal at all. And you know what would people be saying then? They would be saying, why was Simone Biles selfish? Why does she only look out for herself? Why didn't she look out for the team? Why didn't she step down when she knew she wasn't in the right place mentally? And gymnastics is also one of those places where if you're not there mentally, one mistake and it could be pretty catastrophic to your health, to your body. So there are some people though who are judging her for the decision that she made. But I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I look at it and, and, and I just wonder, where is that fine line? Like, like it's easy to look at someone else and say what they should have done. Have you had that happen to you? Where somebody looks at you and say what you should have done or what you should have not done? And your response is simply the same. But you're not in my shoes. You don't know my circumstances. You don't know my situation. So how can you speak into what I should do or what I should not do when you really don't know what's going on and when you don't know what's happening internally in me? And I was watching an interview this morning with uh, Allie Rasmussen. Uh, she actually was a former uh, gymnastic Olympian medal winner. And she was saying that, you know, it's, it's very easy for someone who does not play the sport. It's very easy for them to look at Simone and judge her and make conclusions about her when they have not a physically prepare for the sport and b done dealt with the mentality that is necessary to be able to do the sport but she said it's, it's very easy to sit back in front of your television screen or in front of your computer keyboard and start to throw out judgments about what the person should or should not do. But it's another thing when they're in their shoes, when you're in their shoes. It's a totally different thing. And it's very interesting because as you listen to her, there was an understanding that was there. And she actually felt like Simone had made the better decision, which I think she's walked in the shoes. She knows what it's like to compete. She's been in that situation. She's been under the pressure. She knows the, the mental preparation that's necessary to be able to do what it is that she is being challenged to do. She knows it. So she's able to say, man, I'm glad that Simone was able to have the kind of confidence that is necessary to look at herself and be able to take a step back. But I, I wonder that. I, I wonder about that. And, and that really does lean into what we are doing with this series. We're doing a series called Becoming. And in this series, we're looking at how do we take steps to become the person that God has called and created us to be? How do we take steps into reaching the 
fullness of our potential, our gifts, our abilities. How do we take steps into being able to be the person of influence that God has fashioned and created us to be? How do we take steps to continue to follow through on allowing the vision, not only that we have for ourselves, but again, that God has for us to see those two meld and see them become reality and to see us live ultimately to the greatest potential that we could live. Which then brings us to one simple question. How do we know? How do we know when we're doing it right? Like if, if you are going to reach a state where you're saying, look, I'm in the process of becoming. Well, how do you know what that process is? How do you, again, how do you know if you're headed in the right direction? Or are you like the hamster in the cage that's just on the wheel, spinning the wheel with all the energy that you could muster, but still going nowhere? So, so how do we do that? How do we make sure that we are on our way to the right place? And I just want to encourage you, if you did not have a chance to watch or to come to the service or watch the live stream on Sunday, go ahead and watch the replay of the live stream and, and listen to the message. Because I, I did talk about what does it mean to get to that place where we are stepping into becoming? How, how do we know when we are winning? And that was the question. What is the win? How do we know that we are winning? And, and really the conclusion that I came to on Sunday that I talked about is, are we growing in love? Are we growing in love of God? Are we growing in love for others? Are we growing in love for ourselves? And again, we, we said that the measure of love is not necessarily the feeling of love, that the measure of love is focus, motivation, passion, benefit. Are we looking at those and seeing those elements grow in our lives? And the truth is, the more that we take steps to become, the more that we take steps to fulfill what it is that God has called us to fulfill, the more that we take steps to step into our gifting, the more that we take steps to focus, not just on ourselves, but on others, to look out for the benefit, not just for ourselves, but for others, and to look at it even in our Christian lives. The more that we begin to look at motivation, we begin to look at passion, the more that we begin to fulfill and live out those things, it will also change the way that we look at ourselves. It would also change the opinion that we have of ourselves. It would also change the feeling that we have of ourselves as well. And with that in mind, be able to know this love and know that we, when we are connected. And it's interesting, I, I think there is a lesson that we can learn from Simone Biles, is that she is someone in her sport that is in the process of becoming, and maybe, some would say maybe became. I mean, she's argued as the, the greatest Olympian of all time. And we'll see, and you know, the pressures that came from that and how it affected her. But I wonder if, because she has been someone who has arrived, she's also someone to be able to recognize, I don't have it right now. And because I don't have it right now, I'm gonna hurt my team, or maybe even myself. So I'm gonna take a step. And just imagine the wrestle that you would have to go through to reach that point. Because you work so hard 
to have the opportunity to win a an Olympic medal if that's what your focus is on. And to be able to say, man, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just not there. So there's something about the knowledge that she had about herself. And maybe there's something that we can grow in the knowledge that we have of ourselves as well. So I, I just wanted to take some other approaches to looking at how do we know? How do we know if we're winning? It says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. None of us can boast about it. See, one of the things I talked about recently is the idea that Jesus is categorically different than anyone else. That Jesus is categorically different than any other religious figure or figurehead. He's just categorically different. And so this idea of being saved by grace shows that difference. For those of you that may be unfamiliar with this concept, here's the idea of being saved by grace. Is the truth is I, I can never be good enough. No matter, no matter how good my good is, my good is still never good enough because my good is still always tainted by my own struggles. My good is always tainted by my own wrestles. So even if I've been really, really good, let's say I've again I've done all the things religiously that I am supposed to do. Yet, if I gossip, yet. If I struggle with some other sin, yet if I steal, yet if I judge, yet if I condemn, yet if I allow my human frailty to kick in, I'm in trouble. And, and it says in Isaiah that even at our best, our best is nothing but filthy rags in the sight of God. And that word there, that filthy rags, is a pretty grotesque word. Because I'm trying to figure out how, how do I put this without grossing you out? Because it, 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 it is gross. So, so the idea is, even at our best, it's nothing but filthy rags. That, the idea of filthy rags there is a rag that a woman would use during her menstrual cycle. So it's saying even at our best, our best is still only compared to that. And the reason why is because even at my best is still tainted by the way that I fail. And that's even why we encouraged in Romans chapter two, we're also encouraged to keep this in mind. And that's where, where Paul says that look, if you try to base your ability to follow God on how good you can be, the problem that you run into then is if it is based on how good you can be, 
What you've done then is every time you blow it, you erase all the good that you've done. And so that's why the scripture uses for even in our best is nothing but filthy rags in the sight of God, because our best is still tainted by our worst. It's still tainted by our evil. And that does make sense, doesn't it? I mean, imagine again, if, if you invited me over your house and I stole from you, maybe you invited me over your house and I saw some flatware that I thought was really nice that I could use or Maybe you invited me over to your house and we were playing games and I have the same game at home, but I'm missing one of the die. So I take one of your die. I mean, we, we can go through the list. And there are certain things in your house, of course, that I could take that wouldn't be as bad if I took others. Like if I saw one of your precious family heirlooms and I took that, your feelings toward me would be very different if I took an heirloom compared to if I took a die from a game, <laughs> right? It'd be a little bit different, just a little bit. But then if I came back to you and I said, look, hey, I just wanted to confess to you. I messed up. I blew it. I, I stole from you. And again, you may be someone who's very, very gracious to me. And I may be very thankful in that gratitude However, it still never changes the fact that I stole from you. Even though you forgive me, and even if our relationship is restored, it never erases what it is that I did. That's why, even at our best, we're still nothing but filthy rags. So I say all of that to say that it's so important for us to go back to being people who live by grace. And what grace is, again, for those of you that are unfamiliar with this concept, it is simply this. It's if even at my best, my best is still not good enough, then what do I do? So according to the scriptures, Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross for us. And then he rose again for us. And what Jesus did is Jesus by his death and resurrection and then our choosing to believe him is he covered the gap between my failure and his perfection. He covered the gap that covers even my good enough is not good enough. He still covered the gap between my not being good enough even if I try hard to be good and perfection. He made up the difference between that. And that's what grace is. The greater the distance between God's perfection and our struggle, the greater the concept of grace becomes that much more important to us. And so one of the ways that we can know is, is how do I know that I'm winning? Is am I living in grace? Am I living in grace? Because it's very easy, again, to begin to try to live our lives based upon shoulds and have tos and what we must do. I, I went to a church where I, I grew up where it really was about your performance. It really was. It was, you, you were seen as a good church member 
if you went to church on a regular basis. You were seen as a good church member if you got involved in other Bible studies and different things like that. You were seen as a good church member if you volunteered at the church and made a difference at the church. You were definitely seen as a good church member if you gave to the church. You were seen as a good church member in that way. Now here's the thing that's really interesting. Is it possible to do all of those things and be in love with Jesus? Absolutely. But also, is it possible to do all of those things and have no connection with Jesus whatsoever? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wonder if, if it's because of this mentality that we have that our connection with God is based upon our performance with God that we become judgmental. If you don't follow God like I do, we become judgmental. If you don't pray the way that I pray, we become judgmental. If you're not a part of the denomination that I am a part of, we become judgmental. If your lifestyle doesn't match my lifestyle, we become judgmental. Now there is a difference between pointing out the differences between those elements and judging someone for living out something that is different than we are. And I think that's one of the dangers of modern day Christianity is that we fall into this pattern of judgment. And I think that judgment is wise connected to performance. You are a good Christian if or you are a good Christian when. But we forget about this verse. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. So I, I can't take credit for my salvation. I, I can't take credit for even my goodness. I, I can't take credit for the changes that have happened in my life. I, I can't take credit for that because it is solely based upon what God has done. That's why verse 9 is so important. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. None of us can boast about it. Now, it's very interesting. I, I want to make this really clear. I think for many of us as Christians, we know that we are saved by grace. We know that we, are entered in, we enter into a relationship with God by grace. I think we know that. But for some reason, when it actually comes to living out our faith, we don't live by grace. We live by our own effort. And the danger about that is you can live by your own effort and not be winning. And Jesus Christ, again, makes that clear in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23, where he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And there will be some that will say to me, well, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not perform great miracles in your name? And I will say to them, depart from me, for I never knew you. 
I never knew you. So that's the part that really is vital. I never knew you. Now that word know in Greek is genosko. And it literally means someone who experiences or knows something through firsthand knowledge. Firsthand knowledge. Like I know my wife. I know her. We have spent 22 years together. So I, I, I know her. But it's kind of the same way. Do we invest in our relationship with God to pursue him and to know him and to allow that to be alive in us? So how do I know if I'm winning? Am I someone who lives by grace? And also, am I, am I someone who offers that same grace to others? See, when we put our, when we live by grace, it puts us in a very different mindset. There's another part where it talks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8, where there's something really powerful in this. It says, three times I begged the Lord to take it away. Now, the writer of this passage, again, this is Paul as well. He doesn't go into detail about what it is. But he talks about, he, he, a little bit before this, he says, even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, so to keep me from being proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment me, to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. And he says, three times I begged of the Lord to take it away. He doesn't, he doesn't say what it is. But he does say this, each time he said to me, talking about the Lord, each time the Lord said to me, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So how do I know if I'm winning? Do I live in my weakness? Or do I live in my strength? See, performance is about strength. And, and I think it's very possible for us to have an incredible performance, not admit our weaknesses, not deal with our weaknesses, not acknowledge our weaknesses, and have our weaknesses undermine our lives. So what Paul says here is, is just really powerful. So again, how do I know if I'm winning? Do I live in my weakness? Now, when I say do I live in my weakness, it doesn't mean that I, do I allow my weakness to control me. No. But I, I just live in the awareness of them. Like one of the commitments that I've made is I don't meet with women alone. I don't. And the reason why, I'm aware of my weakness. I'm aware of my weakness. And I know that as a man, I am capable of doing something stupid 
just as any other man is. So I acknowledge my weakness. So I, don't, I try my best to not put myself in a position to do something stupid. That's the idea of recognizing our weaknesses. And then also in my weaknesses, also what it does, it puts me in a place where God, I am fully dependent upon you. That's the only way that I can do this. That's the only way that I can overcome. That's the only way that I can be free. So how do you know if you're winning? Are you allowing yourself to be fully dependent upon Jesus and who he is? Because even in my pursuing obedience, Jesus, I, I can't be obedient without you. I can't. Now, I may be able to be, I reach a level of success in my own effort, but when it comes to dealing with the core brokenness and weaknesses in me, those things that happen behind closed doors, those things that no one sees. Because think about it. When we live by our strength, do we allow people to see those weaknesses and those things that no one else can see? Do we? And I think the answer to that question, of course, is no. But in my weaknesses, like, like Jesus, there's no way I can overcome this without you. And, and Jesus, I am choosing to move forward with my struggles. I'm choosing to move forward because I just want to love you and help me to love you that much more in my weaknesses. See, that's the beauty of grace. And, and that's the part that we really need to try our best to just dig into. Is with grace, I can come to Jesus. And I don't have to hide. With grace, I can come to Jesus. And I can bring before him those areas of my life that I'm ashamed of. And I can bring to him those areas of my life that continue to set me back. I can bring to him those areas of my life that for some reason feels like I just can't get beyond. I can bring those areas to him. And just learn how, as Paul talked about in that passage, just learn how to live in his grace because my grace is all you need and my power works best in weakness so how do you know if you're winning how are you doing with living in your weakness and just bringing that weakness before God see that's why I respect what Simone Biles made as far as her decision is concerned and she said, look, look, at this point, I'm weak. And my weakness is going to cost the team. And in her weakness, 
the team surrounded her. And in her weakness, the team stepped up and maybe were able to do things and perform in a way that they didn't realize that they could perform because now they didn't, they weren't able to lean on Simone Biles to carry them through. Who knows? But just imagine if we were to take that same mentality and apply to our relationship with God. God, I'm weak and I can't do this without you. If you can get to that place, you're actually winning. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. I hope that this has been an encouragement to you to be able to know that, you know what, I, 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 can, I, I can bring my weaknesses before Jesus. And he welcomes me. He loves me. He accepts me. He empowers me. And who knows, maybe if we do that with him, we'll begin to see breakthrough in those areas of our struggle. Well, like I said, I hope that this has been an encouragement to you. If so, if this has really spoken to you, and if you thought of a friend like, man, my friend really needs to hear this, share this with them. Encourage them to take a moment to listen to it. And hopefully they will be uplifted and encouraged as well. And again, one of the reasons why I do this podcast is just because I, I just want to hopefully show people how to live for Jesus, but maybe to show people a different side of Jesus than what they were raised with. And different in a sense, not where it compromises scripture, but maybe that it opens it up for them to be able to see Jesus in a new light. I promise you that the things that I'm sharing with you, this is my own journey. And these are things that I'm learning where I'm seeing Jesus differently than the way that I was raised. And learning to love him in a way differently than the way that I was raised. And hopefully brings you to that place as well. Well, we're launching a brand new series this Sunday called Solution. And so the idea behind this is every one of us, our souls struggle. Our souls need something. Our souls look for something. And the scriptures have given us a way to be able to, to deepen what it is that our soul needs. It gives us a way to be able to dig into that. And the challenge then is for us to be able to develop the spiritual disciplines that allows our souls to flourish. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at spiritual disciplines. But I think what we're going to do is we're going to look at more of the heart behind the spiritual disciplines. And also what we'll do is over the course of this series, we're also going to begin to add in a new link on our website called Next Steps. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take what it is that we learn each week and we're going to add that to our website. And we will have this new link called Next Steps. And basically what is that? It's to put tools in your hands to help you to be able to live out your best next step. If you want to understand how do you get the most out of scripture 
And here's a tool that you could do that, use to do that. If you want to look at how do I get the most out of prayer, and here's a tool that we can use to be able to do that. How do we get the most out of serving and loving others? How do we get the most out of just living the life that God has called us, intended us to live? I hope that you'll join us for this series. And this Sunday, we're kicking off with digging into the heartbeat of discipline. Because I think when we hear that word discipline, it's not a fun word. I don't hear, di- I don't hear discipline and go, yay. <laughs> right? Notice they have amusement parks, not discipline parks. <laughs> There's a reason for that. But if we can develop disciplines in our lives, maybe we can see ourselves begin to change in ways that we never thought we could. So I hope that you'll join us for that and be encouraged through that as well. If you're listening on our website, just want to let you know that you can also find our podcast pretty much anywhere that you can download podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and you can go through the list. I've also found us on Podcast Addict. I found us in many different places on different apps. So you can find us there. Please subscribe. That way, when we post new things, you'll be one of the first ones to be notified. So again, thank you so much. And again, Encounters about three things. Love up. Let's fall madly and passionately in love with God. Love out. Let's look at the best way that we can love our fellow man and the people that God brings into our lives. And love in. Hey, let's look at ourselves and become the best version of ourselves that we could be as we learn how to live in him. Well, again, thank you. God bless you. And we'll see you once again next week. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.